Dante Bo, George Me here on the show for Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Life 265, iHeartRadio with his brand new self-titled album, Dante Bo. And man, it's definitely a powerful one at that. Lean on me. I like your name. I like your name, bro. Mad Max, you like that? Yeah, it's cool. I appreciate it, man. It means a lot. Speaking of names, because everything has to do with names today, especially with the new album, you you chose a name and after yourself. Got into why you wanted to self-title this album after your name. Yeah, because, you know, I couldn't necessarily um, find one phrase or um, one song to name the entire album after. I felt like, you know, this album is like a gumbo of sounds. It's a gumbo of my ideas. And and, um, I felt like it just represents me. And so I couldn't find a title. So I just named it Dante Bo because I just feel like it's just a, a personal album. Oh, like I said before, it's powerful, man. I really enjoy listening to it. Lean On is definitely my favorite one. Breaking All the Rules. Oh, I nice, love nice. Yeah, I love that one. Break it, breaking All the Rules with Vic Mensa. I love how you brought him in. What was it about him that attracted you to work with him and bring him for along for this collaboration? Yeah, Vic is just cool, bro. Like, I love his fashion and, like, I like, you know, his artistry. And uh, originally, I think we were going to do Chance the Rapper. And then Chance led us to Vic. And so we ended up doing it with Vic and it could not have been more perfect. Like he was the first person to send back his verse. It was easy. Like it, it was amazing. Oh, it definitely was. It was an amazing collaboration because I love those hip hop R&B arm. When you look back at like the Ja Rule, J, J Lo records from back in the day, Boys to Men, LL Cool J, cool. Hey Lover. Those are classics. We need more records like that. And you're keeping the essence alive. And speaking of the essence, your biggest inspiration is Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren Hill. Like I, I that's who I want to collab with. That, that's my like, goal like you know is like to get to that point where i can at least meet lauren hill for sure the miseducation is a classic the stuff with the fuji's all iconic and, and timeless her voice is timeless you know what i mean yeah yeah like for real she she could do it all rap sing yep, multi-talented yep. Pop, she's a, just a star yeah. yeah. And, and so are you, man. But I heard at, at this young age, before we get it, because I want to get into your first thing that you wrote, which was a rap song. I, w- I want to get into because you at a young age, you were receiving these DVDs of Usher, Michael Jackson and watching these guys perform. I'm curious about these DVDs. Were there, was Yo, these, you know, your, you know, your stuff, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. Were these DVDs footage from their concerts or was it music videos? Yeah, it was um, footage from their concerts. And then back in the day, some of the CDs, like the albums would come with like extra CDs, you know, or like- uh, When you uh, open up the glass case in the back, it would have a yeah, layer. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like those. Concert or this or that. And so, yeah, bro, like that was my kind of gifts when I was younger. I didn't really want toys. I, I loved music so much that, that that's what my dad and my mom would buy me. And- um what was would you ask after that? Oh, that was just basically. I wanted to know if it was the if it was concert footage or music videos. So you answered. Yeah. yeah, it was concert footage for the most part, bro. I would literally spend hours. It was like I was in rehearsal for nothing, but I was I would spend hours as a kid just uh, rehearsing their routines and stuff like that. For real, learning the musicality, all that stuff. But I didn't at the time obviously know that I was, you know, going to be who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, big time, multi-nominated for Grammys. And I heard that you were shocked. Why were you shocked? Because you have a lot of talent. What was it? And you were also emotional. You did say that. I understand that. But why were you shocked? Because I wasn't looking for a Grammy nom, like for real. And in my genre, it was like when I got five, 
when I was going to the Grammys and I had five nominations, it was just like, I was like, wow, like that's kind of crazy to me. You know, I thought it would happen, but not this soon. You know what I mean? I would have felt like I would have worked a little longer. A lot of people work their whole career to get one Grammy, you know? So I felt as though, man, this is my first, technically like my first few years in the industry. And, you know, I didn't expect it that fast. Now, what is your definition of happiness in this music industry? Because we know the politics behind it and, and when you were going through a rough time and you created your labels because you had two of them with Amen and True. You created one for worship and one for the mainstream and the radio hits. So talk to me, what is your definition of happiness in this industry? Um, I think being dependent on God, like just not man's opinion, not what people want you to do and because they'll they'll you know they'll pull you every way you know what I mean they'll they'll pull you every which way and so I think just following God you know what I'm saying and doing the right things it, it really does keep me happy in this season I could I'm just speaking from a personal personal place you know what I mean yeah and I could tell that you're happy right now and you were recording a, a bunch because you did three albums in a few months here so you definitely think- were in a creative mind space Bro, I don't even know. Like, that was just, it happened so fast. Like, I was just doing it, I guess. You know, you just, when you're in the hustle and bustle of it all, I guess you don't really pay attention to how much you're creating until you look back in hindsight and you're like, wow, it's a lot of music. Oh, yeah. You got a lot in the vault. Back to this rap song that you wrote when you were 11 or 12. Your mom heard it. She made this face that it was terrible, but she was like, all right, keep working. What was the song that, turn that face into a smile of pride and joy when she was like my son has talent well she probably preferred me to sing I think I, I mean I've tried a lot of different things musically and I, I I rapped a little bit on the new album you know I got this song called yeah. Fire and not rap but you know what I mean like it was like singing rap but um yeah I think she <laughs> she probably just thought it was cute not something that I should be pursuing like being a rapper and um at least not at the time, but what turned it into a smile is just, she always encouraged me to do what, you know, I want to do. And um, she would always smile. She would always be proud of like everything I would create. You know what I mean? But I think she preferred me singing than giving her a rap song, you know, (laughs) but I was one of those singers that I would like be in the shower or, like when no one was in the house, I'd sing. Like I didn't want people to know I I could sing, and so my grandmother found out, and she told the whole family. Wow. Yeah. And, and it got found out from there. I think I've heard Guy with Aaron Hall and Teddy Riley. I think they recorded their first album in, in the bathroom and and at the church. And I forget where I've heard that. Have you heard about that story before? No, no. What happened? Yeah, I heard that Aaron Hall and Teddy Riley and, and Guy, they recorded some of their first songs or their first album in, in a bathroom. So it's kind of interesting because I know yeah, you I always hear the effect. Probably for the reverb, I imagine. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, I think it's the reverb for sure. Have you thought about bringing back and paying homage to New Jack Swing? No. Um, I know I have <laughs> now I am <laughs> I had to really think about that I'm like have I you know no should I I think you should you got okay. you got the vocals let me look let me look into that yeah look into that yes sir do you rap I don't rap 
I, I, I don't rap. I don't sing. I just interview them. I'm a journalist. You just love hip hop. Yeah, just love hip hop and R and B. Hip hop and R and B. Gospel. Yeah, those are those are my two main my two main right there. So, what do you rate my album one to ten? I give it. A, I give it a ten. For real? Yeah, and I do because it, it's creativity. Because I complimented you on the range of this album, not even just the vocals, but the, there's a lot of messages on here as well. It, it, there's a lot of meaning behind it, and then you incorporate in Vic Mensa on it. You doing a little bit of the melodic, you know, rap yourself. So. It's not just one fourth, one sound thing. I appreciate that. Yeah. You. you already know. And, and when we talk about the song Hide, that's important. Cause you, you talk about there's being so much overexposure in this industry and you really don't have your private life. When we look at Michael Jackson back on his album, Invincible, I need my privacy. You yeah. don't get that. No. I mean, you, you, you do. I mean, for me, you fight for it. You know, I, I, my manager's just telling me that I don't talk enough because I, I genuinely don't, I don't really, people might perceive me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever as the one that's like really vocal, or I might say something really funny. Like today I made a post that was really funny about just fashion or whatever the case may be. And, um, but that's me really like letting people in. That's that's my way of letting you in, like just to laugh at you, because that's how I laugh at my friends. You know what I mean? And um, I I I don't really let people just come into my personal life like that, you know. And I think a lot of times in the industry, it's not the fans; it's the it's the actual execs, and it's the you know the and and all the different things that's moving around. You're on tour. You got you. I was in a group, you know, you have all these different people that's in your life. And so it can be sometimes if you don't have God, it can really be um, challenging at times, you know, and for a Michael Jackson level, I mean, I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw the struggles. He can't do anything. Yeah. You, you, you couldn't, yeah. It's sad. You know, you can't even leave your house because you, you'll just anywhere you go, the cameras will be on you. Someone's ready to critique you. And that social media, the cameras are inside our houses now. So you got to be extra careful because you, you've said it when you were going through your tough time that you were afraid pe how people were viewing you on social media and social media is just there's a lot of mental health issues with it. It exposes a lot of people. But at the same time, it, it doesn't reveal a person's true attentions either. It's, it, it's, it's a big mental game. Yeah. I don't know why people perceive me as anything other than cool and kind, bro. Like, it's like, I think ultimately, um, I think ultimately people sometimes just, uh, they can't really wrap their heads around your blessings or, and uh, they kind of would look, they will look for something wrong with you you know and some people actually look for something wrong isn't that crazy like i think we're, we're supposed to think the best of everybody you know what i mean like like and to actually wake up and try and try to find something wrong like i was reading comments about you know blue ivy's on tour with beyonce right mm -hmm. it's like these grown men commenting like these grown women these grown men commenting about if she's a good dancer or not or if she's this if she's that like she's standing up in front of a stadium of like i would like them to try to do what she's doing on tour 
But some people are just looking for something negative to say. And so even if it doesn't make sense, you're going to say it, you know? Yeah. Especially her. She's going to be under that microscope. Yeah. Got to pray for Blue Ivy. Yeah. It's tough. Because I know you're you're so rooted in your faith. Do you feel as though that mainstream has made it shameful in a way to admit that you're all about your faith and you believe in God, you feel as though that mainstream kind of makes it not the the cool thing? Um, I think it's cooler. I think when you say you have something past this life, it's just at least you just sound like you have goals and it, and it sounds like that you wake up with purpose. I think spiritual people are attractive people. I think people that aren't spiritual are still attractive and good people, but I believe at a certain age and a certain time, you have to kind of, you know, life is going to get harder. You know, the older we get, you know, we'll deteriorate, like we'll, we'll lose family. We'll start losing friends, you know? Um, yeah. And I think it just shows that, you know, you're a little bit more anchored. Like I wouldn't marry somebody that didn't have faith. You know what I mean? Cause I know that's when I'm older and I'm sick or whatever the case may be, I'm going to want somebody with a little faith or something like, and I don't, you don't have to go to church or like do it how everybody does it. I mean, but definitely be able to like meditate and pray with me, you know? That's important. important. And you, you had your important. spiritual awakening at the age of 16. That's when you gave your life to Christ. Yeah. Assured. Yeah. Have you seen the, um, have you heard the song fire on the album? Yeah. Like, yeah, I was talking about um, how I didn't know back then I'd be criticized when I gave my life, you know, Christ and stuff like that. But that was really the day I, yeah, 16 years old. Like, that was kind of the year I gave my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't turned back since. No. And I heard about everything that you went through from the abuse and the homelessness and dyslexia. That's that's what really... Your, your whole journey is just a true inspiration. You really are a testament, man. Just everything that you've been through, you've been able to overcome it. And then you see the Grammy nominations and all the hard work that you put in this talent. It, you really are a testament, man. Yeah, bro. And now the test is learning how to be as kind as possible. Like, that's the new test. Like, for me, like, I've, I think I've mastered, you know, in and of itself, my style of songwriting. And I'm going to always get better and better. But I've gotten into a point where it can be awarded, you know what I mean? And they need to start giving out like the like kind the kindest artist of the year award at the Grammys. And then like let's just see. Or like just start encouraging people to be kind. I think like we're in such a weird place in, you know, not just America, but in the, in our world, you know, where hate is just accepted, you know. And so that is really something that I want to master for real, for real, is being a dope person. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a dope person, but I'm, I'm going to be better at that. I agree. Everything that I've read about and seen and just your character here, man, I, I can tell you, 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 this is who you are. You know, I, I, I don't know, because like, this is what you want to work on. But from what I, I see here, you've already mastered being a kind person. Thank you, bro. I think I'm a very kind person. I really do. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's an everyday thing. You know, it really is an everyday thing. And I think a lot of people can sing, dance, even people that go to church and pray. Like people are, people try to brag about how much they love God. It's like, ugh. but it's like, just whatever the case may be. I think at the end of the day, 
like love and kindness will what can change the, the world, bro. What was love. the most imp- important life lesson or something that you learned during the making of the self-titled album Dante Ball? Life lesson. Oh, I sh- I probably I needed to pray more. <sighs> you know, but it, it is true. Like, it really did um keep me humble and made me centered. Like I felt a little centered when I made this album. I was very happy. It was a blissful time. Like we were laughing and dancing and singing and yeah. And we were creating music. And sometimes when you're making an album, it could be very stressful. That's probably why I didn't know how many songs I I was making because I was really in bliss. Like I was really having an amazing time. We were in Carmel, California, but the greatest lesson here, I think it's just the first time in my life, maybe where God is first for real. I don't know. Like, that's what it feels to me. It feels like um, that would have been the the greatest lesson. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. How are these next two albums going to connect to this one that you just released? Because you got them in the stash. You got them in the vault. You recorded so much during the, the, the short period with these months. How are the next two going to connect to this one? I, you know, it's crazy. I don't even know. I think for the Amen stuff, for sure, connects to my album I believe because I, I I wrote it in the same season and so just a different style of course and so sonically it's going to sound like worship but um it's still coming from the same heart same place you know and uh, a victorious place there's some sad songs on the amen album too and uh just because that was a hard season for all of us too you know and Tiana um Aaron Moses and Nate Diaz, they were like super, super helpful in like creating these songs as well. So you'll get a little taste of their their styles and everything like that. But um, I, I think it'll connect maybe more lyrically than sonically, if that makes sense. Okay. No, it does because there's a message behind it. So people are going to be able to hear the stories. Uh, Rockingham, this is where you're from, North Carolina. How is it now? There was only two schools here. Nobody made it out. You You made it out. How is it now that you've made it big in the industry? Is it final? Is there finally some movement down there musically? Is there starting to be some establishment? No, and I haven't made it big yet. But I think you have Grammy nominations and everything that you've accomplished. I'm telling you, you've made it big. BMI Songwriter of the Year. I haven't done anything yet. I am so looking forward to my future. I can't even breathe. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's, you know, it's crazy. There were, there's so much talent in Rockingham. Like I remember when I went to school, right. In middle school and high school. And there were so many singers, bro. Like not just your average singers, like amazing singers. Three of us went on the road together, actually from high school. Um, shout out to China and Tanisha. And um, they just decided to go back home though. I just stuck with it, but they were, they were just as good. They, they, I mean, they were just as good. And so my best friend, Blake, we used to be on Fruity Loops making beats and we, and we would be recording ourselves and like passing out our CDs at school. That's something I never really told anybody. Then I had a best friend named Billy. He played the piano for church. And so he would be the one teaching me. Oh, he's the one that actually taught me first, my cohort actually. And so there's a lot of talent there. I mean, sometimes those places, it's just so boring that people just kind of go with the status quo and they just do what's easier. Cause there's not a lot of motion. Like there's not a lot of motion. There's no city. There's no, you know, sometimes people could just get to the point. It's not no pun intended, but they can get hopeless. You know what I mean? And so 
You know what song that is? You heard Not Hopeless? I did hear Not Hopeless. Yeah, I think sometimes people get to the point where, like, in those small towns that they can get just hopeless and just don't see the end of the tunnel. But there's talent. There's always been music talent. I mean, we can probably go scout some people. True can probably go scout some people right now, actually. That might be a good idea. Yeah. No, we need more expansion. And that, that's that's great that you would be helping out, the res- bringing the resources to people that may not have it back at home. Yeah. No, that would probably be a good idea. Sometimes you look for talent in these big, you know, these places that make sense, you know, whatever the case may be. But maybe the small town, maybe I'm giving away my secret. <laughs> you got to keep it a trade secret. Yeah, let me just. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about how you form this dynamic duo here with John John, because he was the the one that's been in, in your corner for a, a long time, especially as a producer and him knocking on the door when you weren't answering your phone, got you ready to get back on your feet here with the music. So tell me how this relationship started and how this bond came to be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, John's just a really good person. You know, he's a really good human being and he's spoiled, right? Like John's so spoiled. And so he does what he wants when he wants. And he came to the house and he, um, cause I wasn't answering my phone at the time and we just talked and we had a drink and then we were like, let's go to the studio. And so that was the day I started working on my album. It was crazy. Like I didn't, it was, the album was not in the plan. First of all, like I was ready. I was about to go on tour. I got a $3 million tour deal, the joyful tour before all that stuff happened to me. And so I wasn't thinking about recording an album. And I think that was just God sending John over to, you know, kind of force me kind of to think his way, you know, like God wanted that God, that was God's plan. But I was, I was so over my head, something I wasn't even thinking about. And so that was the day. Yeah. That it became a um, album and our duo is just brotherhood. You know, it's easy to be a duo when, you are you like the person you know what I mean and so that's more than we make music well together like more than that we bond like we got a good we got a good friendship like we talk so we hang out we laugh and we made this album like I said earlier full of bliss like we made it laughing and like you know talking and we didn't really cry yeah I was about to say cry like we didn't really cry but um, yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a definite duo for sure, and I love everything he created. I could not have done it without him, for real. He started the sound of this album. He started it like that was his sound musically. Shout out to John John and him putting together this masterpiece that we have here. I mean, for real, like yeah. my favorite song he produced was "Dancing on the Moon." Probably from that, if I could think about like. Just we were in Carmel. If I could think about just how we, everybody was feeling, like it was at that point we had so many songs recorded, right? And so when it gets to that point, you're like picky, you start getting all choosy and picky. And I remember we were starting this one song, and none of us liked it. And um, Field Harrison was in the room, and Dr. Field he didn't like it, and he was just like, "Nah, scratch this beat." So we scratched the beat we had been working on, right? And Dancing on the Moon just came about like out of nowhere. Like that was the song we created next. And it was, um, I would say that's one of my favorite songs that John produced for the record, for sure. What do you feel is all the most important test that you face from God in this industry? What was some a symbolism that was a test? If you feel comfortable speaking on it. Not being prideful, not being arrogant. Yeah. Not like, cause I'm attractive and I dress well. And 
God has truly blessed me. Like, I don't supposed to be this blessed. Like, his grace and his mercy. Like, he's just so good to me. He's so good to my friends and my family and all this stuff. And so it can be easy sometimes to just maybe say something that's arrogant and or do something that might be a little arrogant. You know what I mean? Or I don't even do this anymore, I guess. But I think in the earlier days, like bragging, like I don't even brag about nothing for real. Like <laughs> it can all be gone like that. I've learned that, you know what I mean? So just bragging, you know saying you better than somebody that's the test yeah that's thinking deep you're better, thinking you're better than somebody that's deep i know a lot of people say if you're not gonna if no one's gonna toot your horn you gotta toot it yourself yeah but i mean yeah sometimes i toot my horn but there's a way to do it like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a way to do it in humility. Like, I know I'm a great singer. I know, like I told you, like, I do think I'm attractive. I do think I dress nice. I do think I'm super blessed, but that's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about me versus them. You know what I mean? It's just that this is what God has done in my life, but it doesn't make me better than anybody. You know what I mean? Because like this stuff is so temporary. You know what I mean? So you just got to be a dope-ass artist while you have the chance. Change the world. Inspire the world. Like, you don't have time for negativity. You don't have time to to go through the comments and do all that stuff. You don't have time to look at your brother or your sister in a way that you shouldn't, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's all just temporary stuff. Like, make great music. I feel like it would last forever. Like, I could, I think when I die, the music will never die. I agree. Because it's energy. And energy yeah. never dies. Yeah. And it's eternal. It's, if you message, if you have a great message, like you can play like one of I went to Michael Jackson's play in New York. Mm-hmm. It was the um Was it Scream? I think was it Scream? It might have been something it was, with thriller, maybe. Thriller. I think it was yeah. thriller. I think it was thriller. But it was Broadway, yeah. It was this Broadway play. And, I mean, the guy really was Michael Jackson. I mean, I think people started thinking he was Michael Jackson for real. They were like, you know what I mean? And uh, But just listening to those songs again just gives me the same emotion, bro. Like, and he, he's been dead for a long time, you know what I mean? Um, R.I.P. I love Michael Jackson, like, the greatest to ever do it. But at the same time, I just really am inspired by that play in and of itself. I want to make sure that my music is eternal. Like, I don't want to make dumb music. Like, I don't want to talk about popping pills. I don't want to talk about, it's just dumb. Like, it's not. I I agree. (laughs) I don't care. Like, it's not even that I'm like, so I'm not even scared of that stuff. Like, that is what it is. Like, I've I've lived, but it's like, it's, what are we, like, what's the point of like spending a million dollars to make an album and talk about pill popping? Like, that is so (laughs) lame. That's lame as hell. Like, why I agree. Do we, I would never spend money on that content. So it's like, when people turn that in, I mean, you know, to each his own. But I just think it's not valuable. Yeah, well, I was having a conversation yesterday because I was listening to Nelly's song Dilemma with Kelly Rowland. And we yeah. don't get songs like that anymore. And, and, and Nelly, the guy I was right? talking like, to said, good. it's straight to this, this disgusting and vulgarness when it comes to love songs now. It's not it's not on the surface level anymore and in a, in a done in a dope way. Yeah. You know, like breaking all my rules, the sound of it in which Chad, Mensa, yep. 
Doug did this with me. And um, the sound of it is like that Jay-Z and J-Lo song. You know that song? Um, um, what's it? Boom, 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 boom. I can't think of that chorus. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Ain't no Monday. Oh, baby, you wanted me when you had me. Love is crazy. Oh, the Ja Rule. Ja Rule, ja Rule and, and J-Lo. I'm real. Yes. Ain't, oh, ain't it funny? Ain't it funny? Ain't that's it. Funny. Yeah. Like, that's good music. Like, it don't have to be Christian, like, but it can be something that makes people feel like energetic, like, but not sluggish. You know what I mean? Some music just makes you feel heavy. Oh, it does. Yeah. It's a lot of it's negativity. And yeah, I just can't. It's not the same what I grew up off of and what I enjoy. As far as because you, you said you're just beginning, you haven't done anything. What is it that you're working towards on the musical side of things that you're looking to accomplish? Um, I just want to be a superstar. Because mm. I think the more influence I have, the more influence I have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think I'm a good, I think I'm a good role model. I think I'm a person that I wouldn't mind my nephews looking up to and my nieces looking up to. Um, yeah, I take my life seriously. So that's, to me, I, the more influence I have, the more reach and the more I can like inspire. And you do. Dante Bo is truly an inspiration. This album, one of a kind. It's going to stand the test of time. Before we close out, big Duke guy, you're a huge Duke fan. Who's your all-time favorite Duke basketball player? Oh, man, my dad's going to... <laughs> I don't even... Man, it's been so long. I don't even know who would be my favorite. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who would be my favorite. I'm trying to think of who was. Zion. No, 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 not Zion. Cool though. I don't know, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dante Bo, man. Is there anything else you would love to let your fans know that we didn't talk about here? Anything else about the album that you want to get out there? Oh, I just want to tell them I love them. I love y'all. Thank you for all your love and support. And we're gonna take this to the top, and we're gonna tour, <laughs> and it's gonna be a good time. So. I just want to tell my level. And I appreciate you for showing the support, loving your fans and being a true person and being real to yourself. That's important at the end of the day. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. It's good. Interview. Of course. I appreciate that, it. Who's on the back of your wall? Oh, I got Tupac, J-Lo, Prince, Whitney Houston. Yeah. I need me a little wall like that, bro. Just <laughs> constant inspiration. You got all the greatest people behind you. Yeah. And I like your sign too, Hustle. I got a sign in my house that says gratitude is everything. Oh, it's like deep. A light up sign like that. Like that one that glows on the light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like wow. the sign. Dante, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for yeah. having me. Of course, man. Anytime they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Dante Bo, go get the new album. Amen. You already know, man. Take care. Stay safe. I'm looking forward to the next what's on the horizon as far as the next albums goes and everything you have on the way. Thank you, sir. You already know, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. All right. You too.